Hello and welcome to Sync, a show where we talk about music in film and television, why it's important, and the composers and music supervisors who make it all happen. My name is Emma and you are listening to KXSC Radio. Oh my goodness. Um, if you're a new listener, thank you for being here. I've been running the show as a podcast on Twitch during quarantine without music because of the DMCA copyright, so I am very excited to be back with some actual tunes. Today, though, I want to focus on one particular piece of media rather than a theme because I have waited until I can play music to do this show. So let's talk about HBO's Euphoria. Oh my goodness, I am so excited. This is a long time coming. A little background on Euphoria. It came out in June of 2019. It was created by Sam Levinson. It stars Zendaya and follows her as the character of Rue as she deals with addiction and explores the stories of her classmates and the general kind of disaster that high school can be, especially, you know, now or I guess in 2019. It's gotten very popular for things like its aesthetics, um, but I think that Combined with the brutal honesty of the show, the music is probably my favorite part. Um, the show is very appreciated and also criticized for talking about such dark topics, but that can be good or bad depending on who you are or your own response to the show. Um, I think that its honesty is probably what makes it so special in terms of teen television, but let's get back to the music. The music can simply not be overlooked because it is such a work of art and I'm about to get so riled up on this show and I hope you will feel that emotion in my voice because this is my favorite show to talk about when it comes to music. I will geek out over the song placement and score in this show for the rest of recorded time. That's just what's gonna happen. So the music supervisor for season one is actually one of my favorite music supervisors out there right now. Um, her name is Jen Malone, and she did Atlanta, King of Staten Island, the second season of Umbrella Academy, and Malcolm and Marie, which is another Sam Levinson and Zendaya experience. It's on Netflix, as well as a lot of other things. She's just wonderful. I don't know why, but I just like get this vibe when Jen Malone has music supervised a show, and I'm just like, I will go check IMDb and just am not surprised. I don't know why I can just tell and I'm still trying to figure it out, but a lot of music supervisors do have very specific like um, aesthetics with their work and like it's interesting to see how each person operates and their repertoire of things they pull from and the way that they like to um, score different themes and tones and even visual landscapes, so that's an interesting thing to look for. Um, the music coordinator for season one is named Candice J. Mead, who has also worked with Jen Malone on Atlanta. Um, very cool work on her end as well. Um, but starting with the Rue special, which happened last end of last year, um, Adam Lieber, who has done a lot of music supervision for like live performances, a lot of Britney, which is interesting considering the current world talking about Britney, and also music coordinator Satya Fuentes, who worked with um, Jen on Malcolm and Marie. So really just a great team. Labyrinth, who is an existing artist who's put out his own work, but also has written for a lot of other artists and produced for a lot of other artists, composed the music for the show. So he did a general score and some vocal score pieces and also like some actual like full songs. The one I'm gonna play 
later is called All For Us and it's in the season one finale and it has Zendaya on vocals. There's a song called Mount Everest. There's a song called Still Don't Know My Name, which I'm also gonna play. Um, but I just, I'm gonna get into that later, but I have so much respect and admiration for the direction that the music team decided to go with score. They created this soundscape for teenagers in 2019, which is a very specific task, and I really think that they nailed it. So there's my little intro. Let's actually get into some music. <laughs> so I knew this was gonna be like a phenomenal music experience from the first episode. Um, the title sequence is a very big thing when it comes to music. Um, it can be musical, it can be a specific, I guess, piece that's written for that. It can be an existing song, but Euphoria doesn't use a title sequence. Uh, it has a title card, so it just kind of flashes the name of the show. The first title card in the pilot, oh, I'm gonna geek out so much over this. I will go back and watch this scene just for fun. Um, but it uses both Andy Williams's Can't Get Used to Losing You and Beyonce's Hold Up, and it transitions into each other. So I'm gonna play that for you right now, just so you can hear it. Guess there's no use in hanging around Guess I'll get dressed and do the town I'll find some crowded avenue Though it will be empty without you Can't get used to losing you No matter what I try to do Gonna live my whole life through Loving you Call up some girl I used to know after I heard her say hello I couldn't think of anything to say Since you're gone it happens every day Can't get used to losing you No matter what I try to do Gonna live my whole life through Loving you Only me Cause no one else could take your place Guess that I am just a hopeless case They don't love you like I love you Slow down, they don't love you like I love you Back up, they don't love you like I love you Step down, they don't love you like I love you can't you see there's no other man above you? What a wicked way to treat the girl that loves you. Hold up, they don't love you like I love you. Slow down, they don't love you like I love you. Let's imagine for a moment that you never made a name for yourself. A master wealth, they had you labeled as a king. Never made it out the cage, still out there moving in them streets. Never had the baddest woman in the game up in your sheets. Would they be down to ride now? They used to hide from you, lie to you But y'all know we were made for each other So I find you and hold you down Missing say Hold up, they don't love you like I love you Slow down, they don't love you like I love you Back up, they don't love you like I love you Step down, they don't love you like I love you 
Can't you see there's no other man above you? What a wicked way to treat the girl that loves you. Hold up, they don't love you like I love you. Slow down, they don't love you like I love you. It's such a shame you let this good love go to waste. I always keep the top tier, five star, sexy loving in the car. Like make that wood, like make that wood, holly like a boulevard. What's worse, looking jealous or crazy, jealous and crazy. Or like being walked all over lately, walked all over lately, I'd rather be crazy. Hold up, they don't love you like I love you. Slow down, they don't love you like I love you. Back up, they don't love you like I love you. Step down, they don't love you like I love you. Can't you see there's no other man above you? What a wicked way to treat the girl that loves you. Oh, love, they don't love you like I love you. Oh, down, they don't love you like I love you. So I'm obsessed with that. <laughs> I am obsessed with that. Again, I will go back and just watch that one little like 45 seconds of music. It is so beautiful. It was interesting about this and what is I think a mark of a really cool supervision moment is that Beyonce did actually sample Can't Get Used to Losing You in Hold Up. Can't Get Used to Losing You was written by Mort Schumann and Doc Pomus and originally sung by Andy Williams in 1963. So Mort and Doc are actually credited as writers for Hold Up so you can like tell that they sampled it. So Can't Get Used to Losing You has like 92 beats per minute and is in the key of C major and Hold Up has a beats per minute 81, but is also in C major. So obviously Beyonce slowed it down a little bit, but this is a mastery of music placement and is just like a great peek into like what the tone of the show is going to be. There's a lot of categories of music that are used in this show, which I'll get into in a minute. But basically, this is like a very good way to sum up all of the music in the show because there's a mix of like oldies and modern pop that create a sense of nostalgia and evoke memories for the viewers, but also for the characters. There are other songs used in the show that sample older songs. Um, a good example is I Know There's Gonna Be Good Times, which is by Jamie XX and features Young Thug and Popcon, and it's used in a party scene in the pilot and it samples Good Times by the Persuasions. So the soundtrack in terms of song placement can be divided into a few genres and their corresponding categories. Some are associated with settings, some characters, some emotions or experiences, and some are for sequences and montages, which are very important in the show. For the sake of simplicity, I've just kind of broken these up by character. Uh, there are certain characters that have more obvious and recognizable genre associations, and that's Rue and Kat and kind of Jules. Um, Cassie's interesting, we'll get to that in a second. But Rue has more older songs associated with her character. So there's a cover of Fly Me to the Moon by Bobby Womack, a Song for You by Donny Hathaway, Brighter Tomorrow by Soul Swingers, and Cigarettes and Coffee by Otis Redding, which is actually the trailer song for her special episode. Um, I now, I love that song. I'm, I associate that with Rue a little bit now, so that's cool. Jules uses softer indie pop. 
Witches Like Work by Charlotte Day Wilson, Champagne Coast by Blood Orange, Be Mine by Amanda Stenberg, I'm Not In Love, which is covered by Kelsey Liu, and Liability by Lord, which uh, opens with Jules's special episode and is like a very beautiful sequence showing her life through, literally through her eye to the entire song. Incredible and impressive music placement there. Um, Kat uses more hip hop and trap beats, uh, New Level by Aesop Ferg featuring Future, You Should See Me in a Crown by Billie Eilish, Tempo by Missy Elliott and Lizzo, Give Her Some Money by Malibu Mitch, and X Gon' Give It To You by DMX. Maddie also uses hip hop, but she primarily has female artists associated with her, so Juicy by Doja Cat, So Icy Princess by Asian Doll, and Loner by Kali Uchis. Cassie, on the other hand, has more modern hip hop and pop when with her friends and her boyfriend, McKay, but when she's by herself and in the parts that show her life and sort of her more inner, like, mental positions, it's a lot older soul and soft rock, so Just Me and You by The Dreamliners, I Only Have Eyes For You by The Flamingos, and Didn't I Blow Your Mind This Time by The Delphonics. The last thing I want to touch on, which is a little bit different, is scenes with Rue and Jules. Um, that's less of a character thing and more of a theme, tone type of technique, but they use indie girl pop, as I like to call it. Dancing With Your Ghost by Sasha Sloan, and Lo Vas a Olvidar by Billie Eilish and Rosalia. Uh, also, Run Cry the Calling by Agnes Obel. Amazing song. Absolutely wonderful. But this type of association is actually called leitmotif in classical composition, but it's typically used and associated with score. So themes, like character theme songs, sometimes specific effect phrases, but I would argue that if we're going to put this in the context of like song placement, Euphoria does use leitmotif because of these distinct character associations with genre. So because of that, I want to play a little medley of some of these songs. I think it'll be kind of cool to see the different tones. So here's Fly Me to the Moon, the Bobby Womack cover. I'm Not in Love by Kelsey Liu. You Should See Me in a Crown by Billie Eilish. Juicy by Doja Cat. Didn't I Blow Your Mind This Time by The Delphonics. And Run Cried the Crawling by Agnes Ogle. Enjoy!
Fly Me to the Moon, I'm Not in Love, You Should See Me in a Crown, Juicy, Didn't I Blow Your Mind This Time, and Run Cried the Crawling. So one is for, as I said before, each character that I had mentioned, and I think if you had a jarring listening experience, that was the point. So I find it interesting how these are all so different, yet create the exact same landscape in terms of like setting a mood. The next thing I want to get to, which I mentioned earlier, is that Euphoria loves a full song montage. Like, absolutely loves them. Loves a full song sequence, loves a full song montage, using all like four minutes of a song just to create like either quiet visuals, like no dialogue, or just little bits of dialogue. There are a lot, <laughs> but some very memorable ones are Work by Charlotte Day Wilson, Same Girl by Randy Newman, Run Cried the Calling, as I mentioned before, by Agnes Oval, 
and Fly Me to the Moon, as I also mentioned before, by Bobby Womack. Um, but one of the most prominent, in my personal opinion, uh, is in the finale, when the show makes a very, very smart juxtaposition between two incredibly different experiences with the same underlying tone. So suffering very immense pain, very immense pain, psychologically, physically, emotionally, etc., for what might be considered a greater outcome or future. Or, in simpler terms, basically just doing what you have to do. So our character Cassie is undergoing an abortion and has visions of her ice skating, which is a passion that she had to abandon. And on the other hand, we have Fez, who is Rue's drug dealer, who is a very kind soul and arguably the most moral character in the show, being put in a very bad situation uh, in sort of the last resort is he has to rob this man at gunpoint. And it's just very painful to watch. But this montage slash sequence is set to Arcade Fire's version of My Body is a Cage. So that highlights both the grace of Cassie's skating and the violence of Fez's robbery, but with power that both supports and juxtaposes whatever's happening. So this is My Body is a Cage My by Arcade Fire.
My Body is a Cage by Arcade Fire. If you decided to think about the context that I gave regarding the show while listening to that song, I hope that that like evoked some emotional response in you without even the visuals, because that is like the power of what supervision is. You have some text, you don't, like a lot of times you don't have visuals yet, and you just have to make a choice creatively, and between that and the way that the show is edited, it's just a very beautiful moment. The show also really likes music. I don't really know how to say that, but there's a lot of music embedded in the actual like uh, dialogue and just, I guess, verbal nature of the show. And there are quite a few episodes that are titled after songs, which is another interesting supervision decision because, and I don't know if this was part, like the, I don't think this was the music team's choice, but naming a episode after a song is another entirely legal process. So there are actually, three episodes of the eight, like, episode first season that are named after songs, and that is Denton Like My Daddy, which takes its name from the Lil Wayne and Birdman song, Shook Ones Part 2, taken from the Mob Daddy song, and O3 Bonnie and Clyde, taken from Jay-Z. So, basically, <laughs> if you cannot already tell, I am in awe of the technical aspects of the song placement in this show. They create such a beautiful sonic landscape that highlights the music that Gen Z actually listens to. Which is very rare because in a lot of high school shows that are coming out now, like, people aren't listening to music, like, people aren't living their lives in music, and a lot of Gen Z lives their lives in music, which is a huge undertaking for somebody who has to collect all the music and do contracts for all the music, and the show does it really well. Um, but with this music that Gen Z quote actually listens to, it includes songs that like we grew up with. So the decision to incorporate these older pieces expands the landscape and creates this nostalgia that's attached to music that doesn't have generational attachment. So I'm a Gen Zer, and I can fully attest to the fact that I don't have any cultural association with artists like Donny Hathaway or the Delphonics, but listening to them allows me to create my own connection with them in my own life, even without the context of the show. So if I'm on Spotify and I play like Work by Charlotte Day Wilson, which is in the show, I have an association to the time that song came out, where I was at the moment, and like people I inevitably link with it. But when I'm listening to Fly Me to the Moon, which now I listen to the Bobby Womack cover because it was in the show and it's phenomenal, I feel that association with my parents and my childhood and other times I've heard that song when I was way, way younger and times that I didn't even live in. Like there's this sense of nostalgia amongst Gen Z for eras before us, which I think is pretty common in young people throughout history. So incorporating that into the show with current pop and hip hop and indie is a really accurate reading of what we're like actually listening to rather than a blatant assumption that all young people listen to is top 40 hits. Then like not to bash top 40 hits at, at all because they're perfect in settings like parties or getting ready to like go somewhere or hyping yourself up or singing in the car, which are all scenarios in Euphoria that utilize music in this way and scenarios in which I use it in my real life. Like, it just is very accurate. Um, so just, I'm gonna set song placement aside for a moment because we've been, we've been spending a lot of time on it, although I do love it, because I wanna move on to the score. I believe that Euphoria has the most unique scoring techniques of any show on television right now. That's, I fully believe that. 
uh, Labyrinth composed it, and the overall score uses a few techniques. So there are vocal trills or full vocal sections within a song, as in like Labyrinth will sing and that will become an instrument. There are droning notes and very atmospheric effects and modern pop motifs such as like trap beats or hip hop rhythmic structures. So each piece of score kind of sounds like it could be played on the radio. And you know, while they're all unique in their own structure and genre, because obviously they're used for different scenes and feelings and tones and settings and characters within the show, they all fit within that pop landscape of today to create a believable sonic environment for a show about teenagers. So I'm gonna play a few excerpts from the score in succession. This is about like a seven minute listening experience. I wanna start with New Girl and then We All Knew and then Forever and then Nate Growing Up and I wanna end with Euphoria Funfair, which the whole piece of Euphoria Funfair is 10 minutes long because it scores this massive sequence in the fourth episode of the show, which we'll discuss in a second. But here are five pieces by Labyrinth that in my opinion exemplify the tone of Euphoria's original score. Thank you. 
lot obviously but I think it's actually really important to play this variety so we can highlight the differences in each of them. So new girl is first played when we meet Jules because she's the new girl who as I said before has lots of softer beats and lighter melodies associated with her so in turn this piece which is used a little bit outside of the context of Jules um, but it holds the same meaning when it's used outside as when it's used within the context of Jules, 
which is the piece is very dreamy and it floats in this tone of aura and mystery and innocence and when that's associated with Jules, that's sort of the first impression as the new girl that she kind of gives off, which we will later learn hides a lot of pain. <laughs> um, but the next piece is We All Knew, which is played during darker moments in each of the characters' lives where a sense of innocence is lost. So Rue finds out her mom is dating like kind of a jerk and Rue's dad died, so like that sucks. A tape of Cat gets leaked, like an X-rated tape and Cassie realizes how messed up her dad is in various episodes as examples. Labyrinth's vocals are super long and drawn out with no really clear words set over a trap beat. And the song has kind of a sense of pain and longing despite the fact that it's pretty upbeat in its rhythm. Next is Forever, which is also kind of mostly associated and used with jewels. Uh, in episode three, she is forced into a hospital against her will, and then in the recent special episode, the song was actually slowed down a lot in pitch and tempo as she works through her trauma with a therapist. So a very, very cool mirroring of uh, that song there in terms of sort of the trauma, showing it within showing the trauma, and then showing the song with her working through the trauma in like a slower and deeper pitch and tempo. So just sort of elongating all those feelings and working through them. Ooh, metaphors. Next was Nate growing up, which is used in, well, like a montage of Nate growing up, um, which is centered around strength and toxic masculinity, masculinity, but specifically toxic masculinity, emotional repression, and almost his like robotic way of behaving so that he can impress his dad, who honestly, he will never impress, um, which is sort of the, the moral of the show when it comes to Nate. Finally, Euphoria Funfair provides, as I said before, most of the music for the fourth episode, like the entire hour-long fourth episode, which takes place almost entirely at the county carnival in their town. And this piece is used through a very, 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 very long shot at the beginning. Like a very long shot, very beautiful piece of filmmaking. It is more orchestral by in my opinion, a long shot than the rest of the score. Uh, it uses a similar melody and structure with different instruments as the song develops, so it'll repeat certain melodies and then repeat certain patterns and then repeat the same melody, you get the point, um, but with different instruments. So this range, as I just talked about, absolutely impressive, especially when you're trying to keep them all in the same quote genre, unquote, which I'm just gonna say tone or sonic landscape because they're different genres, but they create this sonic landscape that is beautiful. Along with these um, non-vocal and sort of voice as an instrument songs, um, Labyrinth did write a few fully vocal songs for the show as well, the most prominent of which are Mount Everest, Formula, When I R.I.P., Still Don't Know My Name, and All For Us. So the latter, All For Us, as I said before, is used in this drug-induced dream sequence featuring Rue at the end of the season one finale. I want to pair Still Don't Know My Name, though, with Arcade Fire's My Body is a Cage, as the latter transitions into the former during the Cassie and Fez sequence. So in that sequence, Arcade Fire ends, and then this song is played within the same sequence, so it's just a very seamless transition. But performed by Labyrinth, this is Still Don't Know My Name. Took your heart. Did things to you only lovers would do in the dark It made you a god 
Priest, popes, and preachers would tell me I did wrong, but hey, I made a nigga flip. What do I say to make me exist? Oh, stranger. Much of the beauty of his score is its total cohesiveness with the song selections for the soundtrack. So here we just have a perfect example. Like this is a very similar feeling and structure to My Body is a Cage and works just as well as the support versus juxtaposition device that Arcade Fire does for that particular scene it's highlighted in. So the two are also discussing similar themes of feeling lonely and trapped and lost. And the song also works because this is something that, again, could be played on the radio today. It fits in the overall ideology of the music in the show that the songs included are believable in the sense that teenagers would listen to them. Like, I don't know what went through the minds of the music supervisors and the entire music team, as well as the like director and producers and everybody that they worked with on the, on the film side, but that feels like a underlying sort of goal that the show is trying to accomplish of including songs that are believable for teenagers to actually live in listen to be at parties with be playing in stores what people like will play in the car like how people use music in their everyday lives there's a sequence in one of the episodes where rue is waiting for a text back from jules and the show goes through a ton of songs that like are displayed in little clips, but those songs are used to show the passage of time. So you have the music, once again, driving parts of these teenagers' lives to the extent 
where it becomes so integral to the nature of the show. It's very beautiful and really cool. Sorry, I'm, I told you I'm gonna geek out over this. But finally, I wanna highlight this final piece of music in the first season, which is All For Us. Um, originally, it was released by Labyrinth as like his own solo song right after the episode aired, um, but it was actually written for the final episode. So I wanna like clarify that in case you go on Spotify and see one just by Labyrinth that was written for the show. It was just initially released with just him on the vocals. And then within the final episode, Zendaya sings the song on her own because Labyrinth is not in the show. Um, so she's Rue and she's in this sort of drug-induced dream. The song itself is this incredible mix of genre um, techniques. So this is coming from me like listening to a lot of genre music and picking up patterns. This is not an official composition music major like dissection, so feel free to disagree with me. But in my opinion, this song incorporates all these different elements. So there's a musical theater elements, there's a very, very powerful chorus, there are hip hop beats, and like in the actual show, not in this recording, unfortunately, there's marching band instruments that are used. So all of these different elements create this sort of um, surreal experience and allow for this piece to feel so grand and dire and sort of dramatic in its nature, especially coupled, as I said before, with the visuals. And it just takes a lot of care in its composition. So. This recording is all for us performed by both Labyrinth and Zendaya. So let's take a listen and if you want to think about all these different elements while listening, please do. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Mona Lisa's 
by Labyrinth and Zendaya, written by Labyrinth. Um, I'm actually just gonna wrap things up with this song, which is once again deeply indicative of the tone and style of this show, because despite the mix of genres and release dates and themes and artists, this show's emphasis on character individuality within this sort of greater but also singular atmosphere ties the differences between all of these like songs and genres, etc together to create this cohesive soundtrack even though the songs themselves are all so different. And Labyrinth's score epitomizes this in the way that he is able to go through different genres yet make them all feel current and new and again playable and believable on the radio. That's that. I want to thank you for listening. Um, it means a lot to me. I know I say this every time if you've been listening for a while, but it really does mean a lot to me. I'm just really excited to bring more sync to you in the future, and I really want to play music more. As you can tell, the show has really shifted from all music to all speaking to I'm trying to slowly figure out how to incorporate music back in. So. Um, we'll see how that goes, but in the meantime, you can follow the show on Twitter at Sync Radio Live and listen to the podcast version of the show on Apple Music, Spotify, and Anchor. I'm a little behind on the holiday episodes, but I'm not sure if you want to listen to that right now, so I will have those up as soon as possible. But I also stream on Twitch at Sync Radio whenever I can. Um, it's typically Saturdays at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. However, I have not been streaming slash doing shows as often because of school and Twitch and I want to play music, but I will announce on my Twitter when I am doing a show, typically about five hours beforehand. So I will, that's, if you are interested, Saturdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, feel free to go check the Twitter because that is when I will likely have an announcement up if there is a show. You can, however, find all of these links to all ways to listen, the Twitter, the Twitch, um, past playlists, past shows, etc. at Linktree, so linktr.ee slash sync.radio. So that's Linktree slash sync.radio. So I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, feel free to let me know what you are interested in me talking about now that I can play music. So exciting. Thank you to KXSC for letting me do this show, and I hope you enjoyed. Please be good to yourselves, please be good to each other, and be good to the world around you. Enjoy your day.